everybody, and welcome to Life TK, the podcast where we talk to women writers, editors, and journalists ages 30 and over about what professional life was like in their 20s. My name is Amanda Woidis, and I'm your host. Guys, we're doing something a little bit different today. Normally when we do Life TK, I have a phone interview, and then I spend a lot of time editing that phone interview so you don't hear me saying, um, and like stumbling over questions and everything like that. We're doing it off the cuff today. I have a really special guest. She's my dear friend, Eddie Berniking. And hi, hi Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> and we are recording this episode right before she leaves to, for the airport, pretty much. Eddie came to visit me in Brooklyn because she turned 30 whoop, this whoop. weekend. And so I was like, hey. Now you're 30, you have to do Life TK with me, so I'm forcing her to do this interview. What does it feel like? It's very exciting. Also, I was thinking last night about how when I got out of college, I had like endless opportunities, and I was like, what direction do I want to go in? And one of them was like, maybe I'll do podcasts. And so last night, I was like, cross that off the list oh now. Oh my gosh, it only <laughs> took you <laughs> 10 years ten years to realize this dream. <laughs> Should we explain, what should we explain first? What you do or how we met? Oh gosh, why don't you do how we met? Okay. So we met. Wait. <laughs> how did we meet? We met at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. And we were both journalism majors. This was after the recession of 2008. Yeah. But we didn't know time. any better. Yeah. We just had no clue. And I was your editor. You were writing a story. Okay, so the University of Missouri has this really wonderful magazine that is staffed entirely by student journalists, and it is truly a tighter ship than any professional newsroom or magazine I have worked in. It sets the bar unbelievably high. Yeah, you really graduate, and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, everyone's super organized. Journalistic ethics are a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh And then you get into the real world and it's like, what actually, what actually? So do you remember the story we were working on? The strip club story? No, we were working on, that was when I was in grad school, but we met when I was, we were both undergrads. It was some book story because I was a member of the um, books department because I thought that would be lucrative. (laughs) No, but this podcast is about, but I don't know, whatever. Okay. So we were working on a story we both don't remember what it was and then you were taking the capstone some capstone yeah it was my yeah it was my capstone class with mary Kay. (gasps) mary Kay blakely shout out and it was my first feature story which was really exciting and it was about the changing strip club laws in missouri yeah so i had spent that summer going to strip clubs (laughs) because there was some new law where they were they were making them so that you couldn't be nude, and there was yeah. no touching, and you had to keep, like, a 10-foot distance, which meant, like, I mean, it was, like, theoretically going to shut down, like, every strip club and, like, peep show. and. Yes. So we worked on that together. We spent, like, a solid, like, three weekends. At least I did. You went to one, at least, with me. Whereas, like, I went to I one strip club. I had to go to strip clubs every single weekend, and, it like, I had never been to a strip club, and nudity in general honestly freaks me out, and so that was quite um, the experience, just... By that point in my life, you were, like, my favorite person ever. Yeah, good times. And so what do you – describe for us what you do now. I'm still trying to figure that out, too, actually. Oh. 
<laughs> That's the hard part because so I'm in a freelance world, which really means I can just call myself whatever I want. I should just make up my own title, like badass renaissance. Yeah. Whatever you need. Editor. Yes. <laughs> so it's I guess basically it's like, okay, what do I do? I'm a freelance writer. This is where I always get confused. Am I still a journalist? I think. Well, I've come to realize that I am not a journalist and never was. That's what I always feel like. I'm like, I feel like kind of a sham when I'm like, I'm a journalist. I'm like, I'm doing like food and cocktail writing and like profiles. Yeah, I hear you. Which I guess is still journalism. Our dear friend Molly Harbour told me over Gchat that I wasn't a journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Did she include some sort of like emoticon to give any indication if she was joking? No, she was totally serious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I feel like writer would be the more specific term, but not yeah. books. I'm, I'm like writing assignments and then social media consultant is the fancy term, which basically I figured out is like the new niche that all journalists are going into. Which mm-hmm. like, I'm a writer and a social media consultant. Do you ever use the term brand strategist or do you brand feel like that's folded the, in? No, I think that's folded in. But the new term that I found that I'm really excited about is brand journalist. Oh, I've never heard of that. Which is basically like advertorials when you think about it, but it's a okay. new fancy term for it. Like branded content? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That gives me hope. There's a new title. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, we're making we're making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> we're creating whole new industries right now. There's no no title for what 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 I do and what you're about to do. Yeah. Oh, today is also a special day because it is my first official day of unemployment. Welcome to the club. Thanks. I still woke up at 7 a.m. <laughs> was that the question though? Was like, was that stress because it was your first day of unemployment? No, I really feel fine. Feel pretty relieved to be out of there. Props to you for coming in this weekend. Eddie came in on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then my last day was on Friday. <laughs> so I don't know if you were worried about how that was going to go, but... No, I'm usually an optimist. Yeah, you really are. You yeah. are like my sunshiniest, <laughs> sweetest. Like you cannot be upset around you. I feel like that's a pretty good quality to have. my husband and then he really... Oh, is. shit. Yeah. <laughs> He'll tell you a different story. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know. I just, I was actually thinking, my mom and I, I called her on your front stoop yesterday. I was like, mom, I'm sitting on this front stoop in New York. And it was very like picturesque. <laughs> and she was at the Lake of the Oz or Table Rock Lake doing the opposite where she was like working on a boat motor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and eating breakfast at like literally a folding table. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I think really, like, a lot of it stems from her, because she is also, like, this badass woman who has a great entrepreneurial spirit, and is, she's not overly confident by any means, like, she's the perfect amount of confidence. Like, yeah. She knows what she's really good at, and she kind of instilled that in me and my brother, where it's like, you are, you know what your skills are, and you just go for stuff. So, like, when I wanted to do, when I wanted to leave my editor job and go into freelance, she was, like, 100% behind it. Oh, Even though I yeah. didn't have, like, much lined up at all. It was just like, okay, I have this small amount in savings, and I have these connections, and I think it could work. She was yeah. like, yeah, just do it. I was like, okay. Tell people really fast where you were working and why you kind of decided to make that leap from – you had a nice full-time job. Yeah. And then – Yeah. Um, 
So I worked at a city and regional magazine, basically like right out of college. Well, a year out of college. So we graduated in two. Well, I graduated in 2010. When yeah. did you graduate? I got the master's degree in 2011. <laughs> I love that I'm like, I just tapped out with undergrad. Totally done. But so I graduated in 2010 and had no desire to go to New York. Spent a year and a half in St. Louis, basically working at Starbucks and doing like whatever unpaid internship they would throw my way. And then got a job as an assistant editor at a city and regional magazine down in Springfield, Missouri. I remember, like, I had never been to Springfield. All I knew was that it was, like, one of the mess capitals in the U.S. <laughs> I was like, cool. There are at least five <laughs> of those in Missouri alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so I went to Springfield and visited. And my brother happened to be going to school there. And so, like, he showed me some of the non-mess areas. And I actually, like, really loved it. And just had this, like, sense immediately that this was going to work. And we're going to go for it. Yeah. So I left my husband in St. Louis and was like, peace out. We'll do distance for four years. He wasn't your husband at the time. That's true. Unless... I don't know something. That's just a good point. He wasn't my husband. I think in my mind, he was already my husband. Your now yeah. husband. My now in husband. Mind. <laughs> yeah, so I moved to Springfield, Missouri and was there for three and a half years as um, an assistant editor. But it was crazy because they also had these ancillary publications. Like they had a bridal magazine and a home magazine and a business magazine. And a month after I got hired and moved down there, they're like, we're going to also have you be the editor of this bridal magazine, which was funny because at the time, like, I did not want to get married at all. I was like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I remember that. Yeah. I was just like, it's not, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. And then I got married. Um, <laughs> but it was like, I didn't have experience being an editor. I'm not a detail oriented person. I cannot spell. Um, <laughs> like, I'm the worst, but it was the most amazing Truly the most amazing experience and first job I could have possibly asked for because it was a smaller company and you got like, you had total free reign to be like, this is my new pet project. I want to work on this. And you're like, all right, go for it. Yeah. So I loved it. And then um, decided to go into freelance just because my husband, my now husband, (laughs) (laughs) um, is in med school and we did four years of distance. He decided to add a PhD onto it. And I was like, well, crap, I don't want to do another three years of distance. So I said, nah, I'm going to go into freelance. And then I can like travel wherever you go and I can work remotely and not have to give up my career because he's in Iowa City and there's not a city and regional publication. There's only yeah. like a daily newspaper, which I would not, I just can't do the 24 hour news cycle. So. The 24-hour news cycle of Which Iowa City. Of <laughs> Iowa City, yeah. The farmer's market opened an hour later today. Um, oh, hot damn. Um, so, yeah, I think I just decided that I was going to give it a try because why not? And now, two years in, I started an LLC, and I'm making more than $1,000 a month. Whoop. Hell, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. Well, currently. <laughs> today, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> You just gotta give it time. But now I'm like, I I'm I tell all my friends, I'm like, you should just go into freelance. It's awesome. It yeah. really is great. I love it. I remember thinking when you were working at um, the City and Regional Magazine, like, I believe at that point I was at Hearst. Mm-hmm. And Eddie and I would talk. One thing I love about Eddie is that she calls people on the phone. I love phone calls. I love it too. It's basically, it's sad that like that's now the new 
like pen pal. I know, right? Because you're just texting. Anyway, all my other friends are scared of the phone. But <laughs> anyway, so like three years ago, Eddie would call me on the phone and we would talk about jobs. And Eddie was like, yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to be on set for this shoot and I'm writing this and I'm editing this. And then like, you also got to do the whole like production of a magazine right so you would be like proofing oh god we literally did everything because we were yeah. a three-person editorial team including the like editor-in-chief right and then senior editor and me and that was it and we were also the writers on almost everything yeah but my job is like the complete opposite because i worked at this overstaffed huge magazine conglomerate and so i remember having <clears throat> i remember thinking like wow eddie really made the smart call here. Like, I think sometimes... Do you feel like that? Yeah, I do. I guess it depends. Because I think you have two trade-offs. Like, on your end, working in New York at these national publications, you have the stellar resume. That even if you don't have, like, the portfolio that I do, people are still going to, like... If you took our two resumes and threw them into the hat, somebody would be like, whoa. Big name. Whoa, why are these resumes in a hat? (laughs) (laughs) And if they saw mine, they'd be like, wait... Is this 417? Is it 417? That's what's hard. I feel like that's another good thing about freelance. Listen up, people. You have to sell yourself. Oh, there's Maxine. Amanda also has a rabbit. I don't know if you've heard her talk about Maxine. I haven't brought Maxine into this crazy podcasting world yet. I don't actually, talking about how we met, I don't know if you know this, but I'm totally a creeper. And when I first met you, I was like, okay, I generally like people who are slightly bitchy. You kind of have that edge. Oh, I thanks. Like no, it's good. I think it's good. Like, it makes you brassy in a way that I, like, cannot pull off at all. Um, Eddie is the sweetest person. Yeah, I can't. I can't. When I first met you, I was like, okay, she's, like, tough, but, like, this pale blonde kid, but don't mess with her. <laughs> I look like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out you had a rabbit, and I also had a rabbit. And I'm really bad at making friends. This is probably surprising, but I'm really, really bad at making friends. I don't think that's true. And so I was like, I'm going to make Amanda and Molly be my BFFs. So I like totally would like invite you guys out to lunch and like insert myself in your little aura and just like make myself present. <laughs> I do not remember this at all. And then it worked. It totally worked. Yeah. I did that with my husband. Oh that's gosh. how we got together too. It's just a good strategy. You got to sell yourself in every situation. Job that's is true. Friendship. I told you about the job interview I went on recently, and the guy told me, the man who was interviewing me was like, oh, where do you get all your confidence? Ooh, why do people do that? Yeah, because then you immediately feel like, am I being overly, overly like, I don't want to, I wish people would just be like, hell yes for your confidence, instead of where do you get it? Like, it's yeah. almost like it's not deserved. I bought it online. Yeah. Well, I felt it was kind of sexist, but anyway. Um, you just turned 30. How do you feel? I feel like now you're in, you've crossed over. Oh, God. <laughs> There's no going back at this Now, point. instead of, like, being an unsure 20-something, you have to own it. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that you're full-time freelance, because I feel like the workplace, like the office, needs more women like you. I agree. You would make, like, a really great mentor. Mentor me. Oh, God. I have so much free time. <laughs> uh, it's funny because, like, in most of my job, um, like, quarterly performance reviews or whatever. Oh, what are it, those? Uh, it was never, like, 
Well, sometimes I'd be like, your writing is stellar, good job. But most of the time, honestly, it was like, you have really good energy and you're good to Yeah, why do people do that? That's good, I guess. But like, no, what did we say the other day? I was like, I really am happy that my 20s are over. Like, I really am like super just happy that my 20s are over because your 20s are kind of awful in a lot of ways. Like, we were talking about how they're good until you turn 24 or 25. Yeah, that was, I think... I think 25 was my turning point where I was just like, oh, yeah, this is awful. Yeah, seriously. Because for me, it was like I graduated and then I didn't have a job for two years. And then I had an awesome job for three years. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, what's my next move? And that's terrifying. And it was like this weird like Narnia world where you're like, I have all this, like all these great ideas and this great energy. And I can't do anything with it because I don't technically have the experience. Like mm-hmm. you were, what did they? What did that one job want? They wanted a. They wanted oh, the job interview where, within the first five minutes, I was told I was too young. Yeah, and it's just like, well, but that's what all, we're all like. That's what we're all stuck with right now. It's like we're all yeah. too young. Even oh yeah, we're... like we just haven't been alive long enough. <laughs> like, and I told the woman that I was like, yeah, my greatest weakness right now is, is that your age. Yeah, basically. Now, no worries. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Because now I feel like I've learned that you can You're change You're two days into 30, Yeah, right? I'm owning it. What else did you learn in your 20s? You know, one of my friends back in Springfield, Miss Vivian, I'll give her a shout out. Aww. She has the best questions. And one of my favorite questions of hers is like, every birthday she'll ask you, what did it take you you know, however many years, like, so 20, 30, how many, how, what, what is it? What does it take you 30 years to learn? Okay. Which I just think is awesome. It's a really tough question, though. Because yeah. every year it is something different. Like, I think when I was out of college and in St. Louis and working at Starbucks part-time and, like, barely, literally barely getting by at 24, I think what I would have learned was, like, just how to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Brian and I were talking about this, but I was like, I just feel like Amanda... You, you are Amanda. Very well, he's not listening. That's me. Yeah, that's Amanda. Has all these really great opportunities right now. Like, you have the podcast, and you're working on a book, and we're going to launch a writer's retreat. Oh, yeah. Eddie and I are going to start a writer's retreat. I think it'd be perfect, because you've got, like, the city, like, the big city. The big city. The big old city. The big old city. (laughs) (laughs) You've got the national experience and I've got the itty bitty city and regional but I do really feel like if you're considering for all you youngsters out there if you're considering what you want to do smaller and like city and regional was such a good opportunity I think people write it off so quickly yeah talk about that a little more well as we were discussing this yeah so just when you're in school it's like your aspirations are I'm gonna work for Vanity Fair and I'm gonna do investigative stories and work at the times but it's like, what percentage of people actually get to do that? I, it just seems like such a rat race. Not that it's yeah. not possible. If that's really what you want to do, you should go for it. But I never wanted to do that, partially because I think I like, am kind of lazy. I'm like, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Something a little bit better. So city and regionals were perfect because it was exactly what I wanted. I was on the road. I'm not really on the road. Like, I drove an hour to drop them. <laughs> but, like, you know, you would do working on all these different stories and you walk away with an amazing portfolio and you did work on design and digital and production and you 
it was wonderful. It was really wonderful. Yeah, you get to do so, so, so much more working for a smaller outfit. Yeah, it was incredibly rewarding. I mean, it was challenging in its own right because you aren't getting paid very much, but your cost of living is so low. But yeah, I think the hardest part for me was just like, you know, you, like I ended up thinking the Ozark was this amazing place and I definitely think it is. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to pitch this story to Food and Wine or whatever it would be. And they'd be like, one, I don't know where Missouri is on the map. And yeah, no so one gets it. Why would we write about it? I'm like, no, there are these amazing people down here doing really cool things. And no, we're not necessarily like trend setting. But I don't think that matters. I just still yeah. think people have these awesome stories. That's what I see the shift in journalism. Saturday or Sunday, I woke up at 930. And I come out in the living room, my living room, and Eddie's just hammering away on that computer. I really do like the hustle of fields. I think it's fun to like put it all out there and like contact new sources and, and potential clients and just be like, you should hire me because I'm great and I can help you. So what's that email like? You're just finding, how do you go about that? Like you find someone on social who you think, oh, this, they could benefit from XYZ. I'm yeah. just going to email them? Yeah, honestly, it's just kind of like if I see like an ad agency and I know that they have a bunch of clients who need blog writing and I'm like, I could do it better than they're currently doing it. I just email them. Like, you email the ad agency? Yeah. It's just like, I'm great and this is what I do. Yeah. And then I think I lend a journalistic voice to it, which is important. Uh-huh. Um, they email me back and sometimes they're like, you know, F off. And sometimes <laughs> they are never like that. <laughs> sometimes, most of the time, they're like, yeah, let's talk about this. Like, cool. It's, it's hard the first couple of times because you do get reject, like rejected a lot. And if you have thin skin, that can be a little tough. Yeah. But was that hard for you at first? No. I'm, <laughs> no, I just like, I just don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. I've been telling myself that a lot lately. Like you're never, if you email someone and they just like never email you back, well, whatever. God, I had one guy email me. He was actually looking for someone to like, help him with this writing startup or whatever. But it wasn't, it just didn't seem legit. And yeah. it was clearly like a canned email. There was nothing like specific about me. Dear. Yeah. Blank. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, come on, put a little more work into it. So I just didn't email him back. So I was like, I don't even think this is, I think this is a bot, first of all. So yeah. I'm not going to respond. But like the next day, he emailed me back on this really aggressive form. was like, the least you could do is respond. I was like, whoa. Ooh. That is not how to do it. So I was like, well, now I'm definitely not going to work with you. Did you respond? Oh, yeah. What did you say? I just said, I'm not interested. Oh, you're so nice. I know. What's the point of, like, tuning someone out? That's something I've learned. It's, like, to really bite my tongue. Mm-hmm. I had one mentor who was amazing, Dylan. And he would call me into his office, like, throughout my three-year career at the magazine. And just straight up be like, I don't know why you're acting this way or doing this, but you need to stop. <gasps> really? It was, it was the best thing I could have had happen. Yeah. he was right. In every instance, he was right. What were you doing? It was little things. It was like they fired um, the art director at the time, who was also my bride art director, and they didn't like consult me. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, "How dare you fire my art director?" How old were you? Like twenty-six. Uh, yeah, twenty-six. <laughs> I think. And I was livid, and Dylan was like, "This wasn't your call." You know, yeah. what are you thinking? Like, what I'm was sorry. his title? Um, well, he was part owner, so he's like a okay. co-owner, but also like digital director and um, HR. 
he wore a lot of hats small, too. Small magazines. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I do think it's important to have a mentor and to be, it's hard to be open to that kind of critique. Yeah. To have someone tell you time and time again, you know, you might feel justified in this behavior, but it really is hurting you. And you have to listen to those conversations because now I look back all the time. I'm like, oh my God, Dylan is so right. And it's so embarrassing. Yeah. But on the flip side, he was probably offering you, I would hope, or like someone was positive feedback. Oh no, he was great at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the worst situation you can get yourself into, which I have gotten myself into, is having a manager who only tells you what you're doing wrong. When I was walking, I went and got coffee this morning at Amanda's Neighborhood Coffee Shop. Also, coffee in New York is only $2. That blows my mind. Even in Springfield, Missouri, it's like $2.35. Oh, We're the rent is... <laughs> I know. I was like, man, I could totally make it here if I'm only having to spend $4 for a bagel sandwich. Uh, well, I'll just say, for anyone who's considering moving to New York after graduation, my rent is $2,000. So I'll just yeah. be really transparent yeah. about... Be prepared. Yeah. But yeah. you went and got coffee. And I was walking back and just thinking, like, this is pretty good. This is a good life. Yeah? This. Yeah. But I'm also, like, what I like about where I'm at is and like my cost of living is super low and so I yeah. can save and then I can travel and I can also like go drive 30 minutes and there's a gorgeous lake or I can go hiking. Mm-hmm. Hiking, which I'm also not great at. Where did Hillary go hiking? Oh, I don't even think I'm allowed in that zip code. <laughs> it's so rich. <laughs> was It's here though, right? Isn't it in New York where Hillary was like wandering through the woods? Yeah. Okay. That could be you there. Wait, that's... I have all the time in the world to go wander in the woods and try to find Hillary you Clinton. You find Hillary Clinton in the woods. That's a good essay. That would be a good essay. Okay. <laughs> Tabling that. Don't take that idea, anyone who's listening. Yeah, you do need to work on your essays. That's yeah, the thing about Amanda. She's got... She's, what did we read about your horoscope? You are witty. You're quick-witted. You've got that going for you. Well, I don't know. That's really kind. <laughs> it's so true, though. Patty writes the best headlines. No, oh my god, they're awful. <laughs> what was the one Ryan was talking about? A, a spear named Gus. I was doing a gardening story about <laughs> asparagus, and I couldn't come up with a headline. And so I was like, I've got it, you guys. A spear named Gus. Is it at the magazine? We would have to come up with headlines, and it would be like a super late pre night. And so usually, my like cohort Savvy and I, at a certain point, would kind of just like give up. And we usually, we had a tequila barrel in the office, which is great. And so you'd like go get a shot and you'd like pal around and you'd come up with like some good brainstorming sessions. And it was really fun. And that was what I got, asparagus, Gus. And then what did you change it to? Let's cook up some asparagus. (laughs) Like three days before I turned 30, I was like, you know what? It's time that I read The New Yorker. (laughs) Oh, in my 29th year, I wrote a Shouts and Murmurs and... I got rejected, but, but I still, actually got that's the awesome. email. That's yeah, awesome. That's another thing about rejection. When they actually write you back, I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I've been rejected by so many magazines, and some of them will not even respond, but the ones that at least like do, I'm usually like, great. Yeah. I will pitch something else to you now. Right. That's the takeaway. I never, most people would get a rejection from the New Yorker and be like, all right, time to keep pitching, but mm-hmm. I... Um, I got sidetracked, but maybe <laughs> now refocus. Wait. Have I ever told you about my New Yorker interview? No. You had an interview? Yeah. I got rejected. That's okay, though. I, I just want someone, like, 
Life achievements. That would be on there. Special skills. Special skills. Rejection. Twice rejected <laughs> by the New Yorker. <laughs> okay, I gotta go on an interview. Should we wrap it up? No, I'm not gonna say where. <laughs> it's not the New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, we can wrap this up. Any parting thoughts? Oh, where can people find your work? What's your website? EddieBurnaking.com? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's Eddie B. So it's E T T I E B. Like as in Eddie B. Badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your Instagram handle? Oh no, do not follow me on Instagram. Why? I love your Instagram. On Instagram. You are? Mm-hmm. Okay, don't follow Eddie on Instagram. Follow me instead. Life underscore TK. Twitter, Life TK Podcast. Um, shoot me some mail, amanda at lifetk.com. Send us some reading lists. I don't read enough of this letter. Eddie, do you not subscribe to my newsletter? I just sent out... I did subscribe to this. Did you find... Did you see my list of everything I've read? I wonder if it's going to my junk inbox. Oh, like, Jesus. I am not good at MailChimp. <laughs> I'm going to go sort through my inbox right now. That sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Let us know how you liked... Well, I guess me, and then I'll tell Eddie yeah, how don't you like mean. <laughs> Let us know how you like this off-the-cuff interview style. Is it working for me? Should I should I refocus? We'll see. Bye, everyone. Bye.